City Church 217 podcast. Today we're hearing from Pastor Ivan Tate. Ivan and his wife Kimberly are the founders of What Matters Ministries and Missions. In this message, Pastor Ivan began the teaching about pursuing the encounter life. Following the message, take a look at the episode description for links to What Matters Ministries and Missions website, where you can learn more about how to support the children and widows they minister to in Guatemala and Kenya. Let's get into the message. of introducing Ivan to you. He has been around since the beginning of time. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, he has been around for most of my life. I have um, been raised with him around, and he is a mighty man of God. And I could talk about his ministry, which I know he's going to share about, but I just want to speak to his character, um, which is that he he lives what he preaches, and the fruit of what he says comes to fruition in his family, in his ministry, and I put a lot of weight in what he says because I've seen the fruit, and where there is fruit, you know there's a really good root there, and you know that he's that there's a firm foundation, and so um, I'm saying that in the sense of to put weight on what he says this morning, and it's not just, I'm sure he'll have some jokes, and I'm sure he'll have, he'll have some witty, witty banter and some fun this morning, but it is firm foundation on the infallible word of God and the fruit has come from his life. And so I am privileged and we are honored to be able to have him. He is a very busy man. He has a lot of ministry, but he takes time to come here and invest. This is an investment today into your life, into this church, into our city. And so that you would receive that as an investment, as a gift into you and your future with Christ today, that you would be able to steward that. Amen. So why don't y'all stand with me and welcome Pastor Ivan Tate. Yes. Thank you, Miss Hannah. Good morning, everybody. Praise the Lord. We are going to show you a quick video as uh, we're going to try to stick to our time this morning. Again, tonight at 630 which we want to minister to everyone we can in the two services that we have. And I want to encourage you as well to realize that this weekend, what I'm ministering on is the encounter life and how important it is for you to have encounters with God because without encounters with God, you literally are just left with empty religion. And the truth is that most Christians do not have encounters. They don't know what an encounter is. They have no idea how to have one. So we're going to do five encounters this morning and five tonight. The ten major encounters you have to have in order to have true Christianity and in order for you to have the true Christian life based on the Bible and for you to have all of the things the Bible promises become real in your life, as none of these things will happen unless you have these encounters, you will simply be a face in the crowd, living two lives with no power, with no supernatural success, with no victory over your flesh and temptations, and you will be filled with unforgiveness, inner conflicts, mental problems, and serious issues with sleeping. None of this is supposed to be part of your life. None of this has God promised to you. But without having encounters with God 
expect your life to be contradictory to what God tells you it should be. I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Remember that we are in a time of war in our country and in the world, spiritual war and natural war. And within the next 20 years, all churches and most churches that do not have the true relationship with God that the Bible talks about with miracles, signs, wonders, and the supernatural will be erased from the face of the earth because the world is creeping in to everything and everyone. Most of your children are now raised by technology. They are not walking with God. They are simply eating your food and saying yes and no. But if you are not raising them to be soldiers, they will be swallowed up in the wars that are coming. As the Bible says very clearly, that gross darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness will cover the people. The darker the light, ladies and gentlemen, the the darker the night, the brighter the light. Praise God. On the true church, glory shall be there. Power shall be there. Miracles shall be there. But those that are simply playing at religion because they are ignorant, uneducated spiritually, untrained, and have not personally prepared themselves for these things, they will be swallowed up in the ocean of pleasure, temptation, ideology, and all the sinful things that are going to become available to you even more than they are now. You will lose Jesus along your journey if you do not have regular encounters with God. Hallelujah. You don't have to believe what I'm saying, but I'm right. And I know what I'm talking about, and all of it is true. Hallelujah. So we're showing you a video, an update, 2023 of Casa and Helena, and then we will flow with what we have to share. Greetings from Casa Angelina. We are so excited that halfway through the year, we have so many testimonies to share with you. We have been undergoing a huge clinic expansion and we're happy to say that the new equipment that we ordered has all arrived. With this equipment, we will be able to better meet the needs of all the children who live at Casa Angelina. Additionally, the services we offer the surrounding communities will now be able to expand. One of the projects we have been so excited about at Casa Angelina has been the completion of the road that goes from the main gate of Casa Angelina all the way through and around the property. With this road being completed, we will be able to have an incredible space for the children to play on no matter the weather. We are currently undergoing the construction of our multi-purpose sports courts. 
this area is going to be for basketball, volleyball, and pickleball. And we are very excited about reaching the completion of this project. The Creative House is now open and filled with college-age girls who are studying in university and pursuing careers for their future. Additionally, we are so excited that we have been able to begin the Boys University Home. We thank God continually for the opportunity to raise young men in this country who will go to change the nation. For many years now, we have been seeking the purchase of a new plot of land in addition to Casangelina. After many years, we have been able to purchase this piece of land, and we give glory to God for this new opportunity we have. Our avocado tree farm is growing. We currently are doing a nutrition bath on all of the trees, something that we have to do semi-annually. The teams have been coming back this year to Casangelina. We are extremely grateful for every person who has come down to visit us again here in Guatemala. As many know, our widows program has been growing exponentially over the years. We currently are in construction on three new widows homes. The celebrations at Easter are epic in Casangelina. We love being able to celebrate what Jesus has done for each and every one of us. The school at Casangelina has gone through incredible changes in 2023. By placing a higher emphasis on learning English, we have seen a great advancement in our children this year. Because of the status of our school, we were invited to participate with all of our high school students in different soccer competitions. And we came out victorious and now are headed to the championship round in July. Every year we have generous donors and supporters who help us take all of our youth to a huge Christian youth concert and many experience beautiful promises that the Lord speaks to them. Our children have an incredible time during these three days. We want you to know that we pray continued blessings on you, your family, your home, your businesses, and that the children of Casangelina are praying for you. We love you and we bless you. Thank you for partnering with us. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you all for those of you that are partners with us. Here we have our partnership cards. This is how we rescue orphans. We go up to about 175 in uh, Guatemala. Africa, we're over 1,500, and we're moving to feed 1,000 children every day. We already started all that. And also, I think we have cards for a lot of our Africa children now. I believe they're at that table. And so if you are a person that believes that your job as a believer is to help orphans and widows, as the Bible teaches us, James 1.27, pure religion in the eyes of God 
and in the eyes of man is to rescue orphans and widows and to keep your life unspotted from the world. We're at 140 widows right now that we have built homes for that we totally take care of. Our goal is 1,000 widows, and so we're headed towards all that. Uh, you know, all over Guatemala, we're just finding these widows that are alone, and then we build them a house. We have a full-time doctor that simply takes care of them. That's their full job. They just go from widow to widow to widow to widow all year round, taking care of them. We feed them. We nurture them. We take good care. They die. They go to heaven. Praise God. And so if you are a person that does not have a place where you can help people like me and my family rescue orphans, rescue widows, take care of the poor, win souls, and build a local church, you want to do that? At that table, you have the cards, or you can simply raise your hand, and the ushers, wherever you are, ushers, where are you? Wherever you are, ushers, where are you? Wherever the ushers are, they will put one of these in your hands. You will then take the picture as your prayer child with a bit of the testimony, fill out the back part. Uh, For example, if you give $30 a month, you are buying 30 meals for a child. $90 feeds an entire child. And we have many thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of meals every month. And so um, we totally take care of the children. These are not, you know, these are not visiting children. These are, we are watching the children, raising the children. We do all their school. We have over 100 employees just in Guatemala, for example, because these are all 99% of the children are from the sex trade. So we have two-year-olds that have been sexually already molested and their bodies ripped to pieces that we have to go and have surgery done, reparative surgery. Three-year-olds, four-year-olds, five-year-olds, quite a few 12-year-olds that are already pregnant. And so we are rescuing these children not because we want to be famous or, or, or do things like that. We're doing it because it's the simple fruit of being saved. Being saved is caring for children, caring for widows, caring for people that nobody cares about. That's really what being a Christian is. And so the Bible is real clear not to close your heart of compassion against children and against widows and against the poor. Don't shut yourself off. And so whether you want to help our children in Guatemala or whether you want to help our children in Kenya, Africa, whichever you want, there's cards back there. You will take the card again home. You will fill this card out with whatever amount of support you want to do every month. We are asking God to put it on your heart to do it as the more supporters we have, the more children we can take in. It's just that simple. And so fill out the card. You leave it there in the back. Uh, We've never had any kind of issues with security ever in all the years that I've been doing this, 40 years uh, of just doing orphans and widows and things like that, 52 years now of ministry. But think about it. Uh, If you want to help, you raise your hand, check your credit card, make sure that when you fill it out, you're not putting in a credit card that's going to expire in two months Uh, because then we try to call you and you don't answer and then I got to forgive everybody. So praise God. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's better not to do it at all. Just keep your money. But 
But if you want to help us do this, that's how you do it. Praise the Lord. Go to Exodus chapter 2 and very quickly in, in the table for the books, Letters from God for Children. This is how you as parents will learn 52 character traits a, week, um, a year with your child and it lasts till your children leave your house. Our newest book, The Lovable You, How to Be Like Jesus and Stop Being Mean to People. And then The Prophetic Parent, How to Prophesy Over Your Children and Raise Them Under a Prophetic Mandate. And then 365 Things Your Children Should Know Before They Leave Your House. For example, obedience brings blessing. Disobedience brings pain. So you'll teach these 365 things to your children, 30 a, 30 a year if you start them at five or six. By the time they're 18, they'll have all 365 of them learned, practiced, understood, and it will change their life, literally for the rest of their life. You will weaponize them. Uh, I've got my little grandson. He's five. He's already on number 10, and so we're doing 30 a year till he's a full-grown man, and then, of course, he'll be preaching everything that I said. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, uh, Letters from God, uh, devotional, you should get that if you don't have it because it'll make every day positive and keep the negativity out of your life. Then Woman Define, which is for you women to just have uh, your life totally defined as it should be according to the Word of God. And then we also have Untouchable over there, which is the 13 ways Satan will try to destroy your life and how to stop him from doing that. Very, very important. Praise God. Let's go to Exodus chapter 2, and we will begin our journey of encounters with God. Praise God. Covering five encounters. So here you are today at church. Uh, You're going to leave today after church, and you're going to go live your life, and and you're either going to come back tonight, or you're going to stay home and watch football, or eat, or do whatever it is you do that makes you feel good, but doesn't necessarily help you be better. It's just what you do to comfort yourself in whatever way you do it. And so what's happening today is that people in church have gotten away from the Bible. Not that the preachers are not preaching from the Bible, but the congregation people are no longer bringing a Bible to to church, for example, because they don't hear anything a lot of times worth remembering. And so, or they're so used to hearing things worth remembering and not remembering them that it becomes their habit to listen without actually participating. They simply hear the truth, but they don't actually walk in the truth. So they don't write down anything because there's nothing they want to remember because they don't have an actual daily life of being discipled by God. Disciples come ready to be discipled. So when they come to church, they're ready to write down what they hear that God tells them. And if you were just to hear two things from the messages you hear, let's say you go to church 50 times in a year, uh, you hear 50 messages, and out of those 50 messages, you just hear two things that you know, that you know, that you know, 
that God is speaking to you. Then you write those two things down. At the end of the year, you have 100 revelations from God that are personally applicable to your life that are going to improve your life. They're going to strengthen you. They're going to empower you. They're going to deliver you. They're going to set you free. They're going to change your perspective. They're going to heal your perceptions. They're going to change your hope, your expectations, your faith levels, love levels, holiness levels. All of these things will be improved because only what you remember has the power to keep changing you. And so if you don't have an encounter with God, if church is simply a place you go as a cultural habit or you go because your wife is threatening to divorce you if you don't go to church or your, or your husband uh, is telling you that if you don't come to church, he's kicking you out and getting himself another woman. And so there are lots of reasons why people are enslaved in church and come to church out of slavery to some threat of some sort or you made a bad, a wrong turn and ended up here where you were headed for a Presbyterian church. And so you're here instead of the Lutheran church. And you say, I thought this was the Lutheran church, but I'm too embarrassed to leave now, so I'm just going to stay. Well, that could have happened. Or your parents are forcing you to come, and you tell them you don't want to come because you have the spirit of Antichrist already on you as a young person because all your friends are unsaved and they don't love Jesus and they've given you their spirit of Antichrist and now you can't lift your hands without being embarrassed because you have Antichrist on you. You can't praise God and love Jesus because the devil is on you because all your friends are full of the devil. Praise God. <laughs> don't hate me. And so... So, and the way you know that is, is in this 365 things, one of the things my little grandson just learned is that good friends take you to Jesus and bad friends take you away from Jesus. <laughs> These are like really important things for children to know as they're going to public schools. And so, uh, again, you have to remember that the type of Christianity you may be experiencing may actually be false. It may not be true. It, it may not be biblical. You may not be actually having biblical experiences in church. That's why you can come sometimes and then not come. That's why after you leave church, you go get drunk or you go smoke some reefers or you go have sex with someone you're not married to because you're actually not even saved. You're just religious thinking you're saved because you have the title of a Christian, but you live like a lost person who has never met God. And so these are important things, encounters change all of that because with every encounter, God puts inside you a piece of himself and the piece that he puts in you gives you victory over that area where you had an encounter with God. That's why you have to have continual encounters with God in every area of your life. And so what's going to happen is churches are going to start going to less and less praise time, less and less Bible preaching, and less and less personal ministry until the Holy Spirit is completely gone from the church because the church is not being led by the Holy Spirit. They're being led by the time schedules of the people that are coming to church and they want to compete with everybody. And so when that happens, the Holy Ghost is out of here and then you got to deal with it on your own. This is the house of God, ladies and gentlemen. And when you come to the house of God, you should come with an expectation to have an encounter with God that's going to help you stop being a lousy husband and a crazy wife. 
You're going to need an encounter to st stop smoking pot. Some of you can't do it without it. You got to have it. You got to have the reefer. There's nothing you can do. You're going to have to have Prozac. You're going to have to watch pornography. You're going to have to do that just to have something of pleasure of some sort in your life because you're so empty on the inside because you've actually never encountered God. You just are intellectually educated in religion. So you can get mad at me for telling you the truth, but instead of doing that like a baby, instead of doing that like a spoiled brat, instead of doing that and get offended, which is how you get out of receiving anything anybody ever wants to correct you about since you were a little child, even till today. Well, what the heck does that man think you're not talking to me like that? I'm a full-grown man. I'm a full-ass man. Because you're still a spoiled brat, and you can't, God himself cannot reach you just like he couldn't reach the Pharisees. He raised people from the dead in front of those religious people and they still hated him and crucified him. Could you do that if you saw your mother raised from the dead and say, I'm going to kill this guy because he's going to take over our positions of power and authority over the people. Let's kill him. He's a threat. Because that's what religion does. Religion gets offended. And that's what will happen to you when all you have is religion and somebody tells you a truth that exposes a lie that you are protecting. Holla, holla. Look at two people and say, well, I got my own brand of Christianity. You sure do. You have your own brand of Christianity. You sure do. You're created God in your own image. You're not conforming to the image of God. You're just creating a God that suits you. That's what the churches are doing now. Everybody can fornicate because God is love. Uh, sleep with anybody. God is love. Drink anything. Get high. God is love. God is love. God is love, 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 baby. Well, God is not just love. He's also holiness. I'm sorry. Well, the holiness part of God doesn't allow you to fornicate. So churches are becoming very watered down, and that's what people like because watered down churches don't challenge the darkness that is in you that will destroy your marriage, kill your children, and make you spiritually poor. But the truth in love sets you free. Right? So don't get mad at me and don't come and say, I'm not going to church tonight. I'm going to punish him. No, no, don't do that because now you're hurting yourself because you're the one that needs this. I already have it. God gave it to me and dealt with me first. Now I get to share it with you. Praise God. Or stay home with your lemonade and football game and ask yourself how much spirituality has that added to your life? In 40 years, has the football game caused you to stop cussing? I'm asking if it's delivered you from cussing your wife out, your husband out, and throwing the finger on the highway. That's what I'm asking. 
Has it helped you sleep better to watch TV 20 hours a day? Or do you still have nightmares? This is what we're talking about. Understand, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, it is not my job to get you to like me. It is my job to bring you to an encounter with God. Then we have honored God today instead of just go through motions, religious, empty motions, as many churches in the world have done today. Let's not do that. Let's open our hearts and say, I need an encounter, God. I need an encounter with you. And we're going to give you five this morning and five tonight and, and minister to you as well. Excuse me. Exodus chapter 2, verses 22 and 23. The children of Israel had been in bondage. Everybody say it, bondage. For 430 years. That's a long time to be a slave. Okay? They did not have a voice or any rights. They were owned by other people. The people that owned them could kill them without any consequences. They could sell them without any consequences. Slavery has been around since the beginning of time. There's never been a society or a group of people that has not had slaves. Everybody tries to enslave everybody sooner or later in some way. The Egyptians were no different. They got the Hebrews and enslaved them. After 430 years of working day and night and not getting paid, it says that the children of Israel right there said they began to cry out, to groan, and to sigh because of the reason of their bondage. Hallelujah. And then it said God came down and delivered them because he heard their crying, he heard their groaning, and he heard their sighing, and this is the first encounter that you're going to have to have if you expect to be a true Christian, and that is a freedom encounter. Ladies and gentlemen, sooner or later, your chains have to come off. Turn to two people right now and say, your chains have to come off. Your Bud Light chain has to come off. Your feeling inferior to other people has to come off. You feeling superior to other people has to come off. Your chains of lying have to come off. Your chains of sex perversion have to come off. Your chains of smoking and drinking and lying and cheating and hating and gossiping and accusing and all those chains, sooner or later, if you don't have a freedom encounter, then you will interpret God through the eyes of your chains. And no one can see God how he truly is who is wearing chains. Jesus said, I came to set the captives. What's the secret then of having a freedom encounter? The secret is 
You've got to say these words. Enough is enough. Say it to everybody around you. Enough is enough. The secret of getting free and having an encounter with God is you start crying out because you said, I can't handle this anymore. I don't want to smoke pot anymore. You cry out to God, I don't want to watch pornography anymore. I don't want to gossip. I don't want to hate people anymore. I don't want to weigh 5,000 pounds anymore. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. You start crying out because until you get desperate, you're not going to get free. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and say, I need some freedom. Well, I'm kind of shy. I can't talk. That's a bondage. Well, you know, I get offended really quickly. Well, that's a bondage. Well, I'm really oversensitive and, and I get mad at people. Well, that's witchcraft. So that needs to go. Praise the Lord. So everybody say it. I, I need a freedom encounter. Some of you can't talk to strangers about Jesus, nor do you. And you think it's perfectly okay to be saved and watch people go to hell who are standing right next to you while you have a lifesaver in your hand. It's perfectly okay. Your conscience is not even bothered. And you've been a Christian 20, 30, and 40 years and have never led one single lost person to God because you are disconnected from God. You are spiritually religious, but you do not have the heart of compassion because, com because compassion, ladies and gentlemen, compels action. If you actually have compassion, which means you can feel a person's pain standing right next to you, you can't just watch them drown. You take your lifesaver and you say, here, let me get you out of these dangerous waters. I know how you can get saved from the destruction that you're drowning in. But unless you have compassion, you're going to let 20, 30, and 40 years go by. You know why? Because you have a spirit of a coward. Cowards don't talk past their fear. But men and women of God run at their fears and get them out of the way. And say, I'm winning souls, and people are not going to hell as long as I'm alive, and I'm going to love them into Jesus, whether it's a waitress or whether it's somebody at the grocery store or whether it's somebody at the bank. But whatever happens, I am not going to just go through life without bearing any spiritual fruit at all. And the number one commandment God put on me is, I will make you fishers of men. And that's people are satisfied with going to church. So as soon as they leave church, they keep to themselves. The whole purpose of church is to catch people. You should come with strangers every week. But if you're just sitting at home watching TV and you never leave, you're actually dishonoring the gift you are to this world. Well, I just can't do it. And it's kind of tiring, you know. I, I just feel like I want to be alone. And, you know, I'm a nice person. I tithe. I, I go to, you know, you know, I don't know why you're bothering me and making me feel bad. Because, ladies and gentlemen, it's the job of the Holy Spirit to convict you. It's your job to condemn yourself. But it's God's job to convict you. Say it out loud. Freedom. 
Come on, everybody. Let's praise God right now. Lift your voice and say, I want to be free. Come on, say it. I want to be free. Hallelujah. Let's go to number two. This is Genesis 32, 24 through 26. Here is Jacob, a deceiver. That's his name, Jacob, deceiver, surplanter. One day, Jacob gets fed up with his identity. And he says, I don't want to be a deceiver. I don't want to be known as a deceiver. I don't want to be known as a liar. Because think about it. All of you that have families, your families have given you an identity. They look at you in a certain way. They believe you're a certain way. And they have given you an identity. Your children have given you as a parent an identity. And when you're not around, they talk about you through that identity. Oh, yeah, Mom, man, she's crazy. Don't tell her that. But you, if you say no to her, I mean, hell is coming down because you're a witch. That's what that is, witchcraft. You terrorize your own children and grandchildren, and that's the devil. And unless somebody tells you that clear and you're able to humble yourself and say, I don't want to be this person to my children and my grandchildren. This is what Jacob had to do. And what did he do? What did he do? It said an angel showed up, and he grabbed the angel, and he said, I'm not letting go of you till you change my name. Hallelujah. It says he grabbed on, and the angel said, okay, because he wouldn't turn loose. Everybody say it out loud. If you want to change your identity, you can't turn loose of your blesser. You got to hold on to him and say, Jesus, I may be a liar today, but I don't want to be a liar tomorrow. You know, I may be perverted today, but I don't want to be perverted tomorrow. Everybody might know me as a drunk, but I want to be a man of God that does not drink. And I live in the holiness and fear of the Lord. And I want my children to look up and I want to be their hero because I live for God and serve the Lord and not full of the devil. Identity. You have to have an identity encounter. Tell someone, Ivan's preaching rather strong this morning, rather direct this morning, like a hammer hitting our head. Oh, my gosh. This is the fruit of having caffeine before the service. I become a wild person. Shouldn't have done it, but I did it. It's too late. <laughs> Come on, give somebody a high five and say, I love you. Who are you, ladies and gentlemen? Who are you? 
Do you have to hold on to the Lamb of God? Do you have to grab a hold of your blesser and say, I'm not turning you loose until you change me because everybody around me thinks I'm a bum or this or that or whatever? It's not a matter of spiritual phraseology. It's a matter of the change of your nature. It's taking your positional blessings and making them your possessional blessings. It's when you say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus which you are because you got that imputed to you. But when that righteousness turns into behavior, it brings great honor to God because somebody knows you have obeyed the voice of the Holy Spirit to even become that person. Holla, holla. What is the big secret of making all this happen and work? The big secret, because I'm going to give you two keys that unlock these encounters. The first one is this. You have to have a Savior, and you have to have a Lord. You see, if all you have is a Savior, then you'll go to heaven. But if you don't have a Lord, you might not have heaven down here. Because a Savior saves you, but a Lord changes you. Turn to two people and say, holla, holla. In other words, some of you are saved, and you come to church to verify your ticket. Whoop, still saved. But then you go out and do whatever you want, any way you want, because you don't have a Lord. You just have a Savior. How do you know if you have a Lord? Because this is the great secret of Christianity. How do you know if Jesus is the Lord of your life, not just your Savior? Is he your Lord? Two simple ways to test this. I'm going to tell you. Number one is you no longer can have a free will. Huh? Jesus said it, not my will. But your will be done. Jesus said it. I don't do anything unless I see the Father do it. I don't say anything unless I hear the Father say it. I and the Father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Savior. Lord. You can't have a free will anymore once you have a Lord. Your free will's over with. You don't get to just say, I'm staying home because I'm offended. You don't get to say that. You have to ask the Lord, Lord, what's your will? Do you want me to go to church tonight? No, I don't. I want you to stay home and watch TV and watch football and drink stuff. That's what I want you to do. Because you don't need the Bible, the Word, or an encounter with God. You're so holy that it would be too much for the people to see you twice in one day. Twice on one day to church? Impossible! The people would burn up. They would fry up with the holiness shooting off you. What is the second way to know that you have a Lord? You no longer get to have an opinion. 
I'm sorry. What? No, when you have a Lord, you don't get to have an opinion. You get to ask the Lord what his opinion is, and then you adopt his opinion. Okay, Lord, what's your opinion about this? Because that's not my opinion. But since you're my Lord, I cast my opinion away, and I adopt your opinion. Now you have a Lord, not just a Savior. And without having a Lord, you will not have an encounter. You will just wish things, and they will never come to pass. Holla, holla. Give someone a high five. Give them a big hug. And say, Jesus is amazing. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have gone through two encounters, and that's all I have time for. But I want to encourage you to be here tonight, as I'm going to ask them to give me more time. And, you know, if you ask, you receive. So, <laughs> if you seek, you find. And if you knock, the door is open. You can sing less. So, so tonight, I will try to finish these encounters, plus lay hands on you, plus minister to you, all within the allotted time, which we are going to negotiate. So, everybody, give somebody a hug next to you and say, I want to have encounters with God. Tell everybody that. I want to have encounters with God. Do you want to? Do you want your Christianity not just to be religion, even if it's spirit-filled religion? Amen. Close your eyes and put on my music, that song, Pure. Close your eyes, if you would, everybody, and let us be silent before God. You are the owner of your soul for a while. Coming back to just me. You own your soul. No one else in this world can own that soul but you. But your soul is only being borrowed. You are borrowing your soul while you're alive on earth. Free will ends at the grave, and your soul returns to its creator. And that creator determines whether the soul goes to heaven or whether the soul goes to earth, to hell, based on whether you knew and had an intimate relationship with Calvary, with Jesus, and knew God, as Matthew 7:21 says, in the last days many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out many devils? And did we not do many miracles in your name? And he will say to them, depart from me, for I never knew you. Workers of iniquity. So this morning, you have to decide if you're going to keep control of your soul or if you're going to give control of your soul back to God now before you die. Hallelujah. My question is this. 
Are you 100% sure that if you were to die today, you would go to heaven? That's the question. If you want to go to heaven, do you want God to put his peace in your heart so that you know that you know that you know that if you were to die, you would go to heaven? Because only God can do that. You can't do it to yourself. So my question this morning is very simple. And I'm going to ask you to do a simple thing right where you're sitting. If you want God to put that peace in your heart so that you know that you know that you know that you're going to go to heaven when you die, all I want you to do right now, right there where you're sitting, if you want that right now, is lift your hand right now high enough for me to see. And then I'm going to pray for you, and God is going to do a miracle in your heart. If your hand is lifted up, let God see it. And now I want you to stand up right there where you're at so I can pray for you. Let God see you stand. Let him see you stand. Let him see you not be ashamed. And everybody that's standing, I need you to get out of that seat right now and walk up here. I'm not going to make you say anything to anybody. Walk up here. Give them a hand as they're coming up. Come on. Walk up here. Please walk up here. Give them a hand as they're coming. Everybody that's standing up, come on up. Come on. That's not clapping, ladies and gentlemen. Clapping like your mother is coming up here or your dad or your son or your daughter. Come on, give them a big hand this morning. Here's what's going to happen. You have two kinds of people right here. Saved with doubts and people that have never crossed the bridge. Both of you are going to get what you need. And here's what's going to happen. One, God is going to forgive you of everything that accuses you in your own heart, gone. Everything you've ever done, wherever the doubts are coming from. And second, most important, is God will erase from his own memory the recollection of what you did so that it's no longer in God's mind what you did so that when you pray to God or talk to God, you are talking to someone who does not remember any of the bad things you have ever done. They are permanently erased from his memory. That's called divine forgiveness. Praise God. And then he expects you to give that to other people by forgiving everybody that's hurt you. And he expects you to give it to the most important person in your life, yourself. You have to forgive yourself for what you have done. If you don't believe God can forgive you for what you did, you would not be in church. As long as a person can walk in a church and believe that God can forgive them, there's room for forgiveness. Because as you know, some of you have done very evil things. Some of you have hurt children. I know what I'm talking about. I can sense it.
Some of you have hurt other people. There's lots of things. But I'm telling you right now that if you will repent, which means to turn away from it, God will forgive you. And you will be clean. Would you all pick someone and stretch your hands out towards them? Let's say the prayer together. Dear God, I repent for all of my sins. Save my life, O God. Save my soul, O God. Pour your blood over me right now and wash me clean from the evils that I have done. Literally, mentally, and in my heart. Wash them clean. I repent and turn away from them. Come and live in my heart, Jesus. Stay there for the rest of my life, for I want to become your disciple and serve you till the day I die. From this day forward, I consider myself a child of God, born again, and on my way to heaven. I forgive everybody that has hurt me, and I now forgive myself. I'm going to start brand new to the glory of God the Father. Ladies and gentlemen that are standing up here, you are on your way to heaven, and Satan is a liar. I want you to turn around, face the congregation, turn around. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, can I present to you these men, women, and children that are on their way to heaven and they have been forgiven, their doubts are gone, and they are not going to hell. All right, you all may be seated. Go sit down. Come on, everybody. Praise Jesus a little bit. This has been a message from Destiny Church in Springfield, Illinois. To learn more about Pastor Ivan Tate's ministry, visit the episode description where you can find links to his website, ways to support orphans and widows, and more about what matters, ministries, and missions. You've been listening to the Destiny Church 217 Podcast, your place for real, relevant relationships.